Hey, how you doing, guys? This is another interview special with me, Gene, from the Waffle Press Podcast. And I'm joined by our uh, friend of the show. He's been a guest here often. We have the challenge guy from the Infographic Show who's telling us about his latest challenge. And he's with, with us today. How are you doing? Hey, Gene. And uh, Waffle, what's the name of your guys' fans? Like, hmm. Like the Collar people, info fans. What do you guys info call fans? Them? Waffle pressers? Yeah, yeah, we could call them that or just waffle, waffle fans, waffle heads. Waffle heads. I like waffle, waffle heads. Yeah. I have to ask everyone on our uh, Discord what they want to be called. But yeah, I yeah. think waffle heads, I think that works for them right now. Waffle heads. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you love waffles, right? Who doesn't? <laughs> They're a great source of uh, protein, but <laughs> a great source of delicious. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the last time we had you on, we were talking the Bigfoot challenge. That was a big hit. I certainly love Bigfoot. You love Bigfoot. And a lot of random people on the internet love Bigfoot too. So yeah, I've seen that. That was a pretty popular episode, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seemed uh, to go really well. And um, going off of that, we have another sort of uh discussion discussion on another topic um which you guys were um you guys were uh doing a challenge on and it's more paranormal than bigfoot which we discussed in the last episode mm -hmm. it's on ghosts what can you uh what's the what's the spiel of this challenge tell us uh tell us that as we have here so um the producers know that i'm not a big fan of ghosts mm -hmm. which naturally meant hey let's send uh, the challenge guy to one of the most haunted places on earth so uh they uh <laughs> they sent me to waverly Hills sanitarium in kentucky the uh, abandoned hospital from the 1930s 1920s or so during the um, tuberculosis epidemic mm -hmm. and uh yeah uh, the team got locked up overnight and spent the whole night sort of uh, investigating the sanitarium. And locked up, I always wondered, because I watch, you know, I watch Ghost Hunters, Paranormal this, what have you. Do they physically lock the doors on you on a place like that? Or is that just kind of a point of expression? Oh, no, these doors were locked. Ooh. Like, okay. they were, yeah, the... Uh, only way out i think that we found would have been through like one of the bathroom windows or something <laughs> i mean there's like a we had like a, a caretaker slash mm -hmm. pseudo tour guide in there with us in case you know the building caught fire or something but, yeah man that, i hope that guy gets paid a lot <laughs> to to yeah, caretake this uh, yeah uh, his name was vince his name was vince he was a really cool guy and yeah, I mean, he does that pretty frequently because they, they open the place up to overnight stays. Mm -hmm. And um, he'll either, like, come along and help you out, like, show you, you know, places to hit up or help you catch EVPs and stuff. Or, you know, if you want to do the solo thing, he'll just kind of chill in his office. That's kind of what he did with us. It's, you know, it's our own group investigating. So he kind of chilled in the office the whole time and came out once or twice when like something really spooky happened I'm like what the hell was that mm -hmm. well, we're gonna we're gonna have to ask you more about vince but 
going into this challenge, uh, what are your, what were your, you described that you're not a big fan of ghosts, but um, do you have any ghost stories, anything like that? Or what was your uh, initial sort of uh, skepticism on ghosts? Because yeah, they're pretty, I mean, I have uh, one or two ghost stories I could say, but yeah, I just want to hear your thoughts. So I think, um, I think we talked either during the last, uh, the, during the Bigfoot interview, or maybe just you and I talked on our own that um, the reason why people don't believe in Bigfoot is more an emotional choice than mm-hmm. a, a logical one at this point, given all the evidence that the, the good evidence that exists. And uh, you know, I feel that way about ghosts. It's a more emotional choice that I I, I didn't want to believe in them before before this trip. Even though I, I, I had a very um, blatant ghostly um, encounter, I guess. Okay. Um, it happened when I was in the military. And uh, my unit at the time, we operated at night. And so we trained at night. And um, we were training. Um, I have to be real careful because I'm still under a 30 year non-disclosure contract. (laughs) It's like, it's almost up, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, We were training uh, recovery and recapture operations on a specific location um, inside a restricted area. And uh, when we were done, we were waiting outside for uh, our supervisor to come who He'd been kind of out in the desert where he could kind of get a, a an overview of everything and see everything going on so he could criti- uh, you know critique it. Mm-hmm. So we were uh, waiting for him to come in out of the desert. and we're kind of just chilling behind this uh, behind this facility. And this place this this place got a bit of lore to it. if i if I said the name of where this place is at, people would be like, "Oh yeah, that place is crazy, like aliens, ghosts, whatever. Um, but I, I didn't really ever pay any attention to it. I don't think any of us did. And um, we're sitting there waiting. Um, suddenly on one of the small buildings in front of us, this figure is kind of standing there and it looks like it's watching us. And then uh, we kind of look at it and it starts walking back and forth on the roof. And it's uh, it's just a solid black figure. and you know, this is like two in the morning or so. So the fact that it's solid dark doesn't really mean anything. We just figure, you know, we can't see up there. So it's just all shadowy. So uh, we all assume that this is our master sergeant. And so I take my uh, my spotlight and I go ahead and shine it up there so I can confirm that it's him. And as soon as that light hits the figure, the figure vanishes into thin air right in front of like i think there was 30 of us out there at the time it was just this it was this sort of moment where you're like what (laughs) (laughs) yeah like what the fuck like you just saw something that shouldn't be possible you know and so it just kind of leaves you like dumbfounded like yeah i don't know i just even though like i saw that with my own eyes like i always was like nah it's no ghosts like there can't be ghosts and 
yeah, this trip changed my mind, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a convert. <laughs> well, our, let's go into the lore of this, uh, of this place, the Waverly Sanitarium. Looking at it, I, I felt that this, uh, this place was oddly relevant uh, in terms of uh, what we're going through right now with COVID and a, and a pandemic. Uh, what can you tell us a little bit about the war? Because I, I was looking it up and it seemed pretty fascinating that it was just this, uh, you know, becomes this, uh, the scare, was it the most haunted place in America after, you know, all these deaths that happened there after uh, all these like terrible uh, health practices. Tell us a little bit more about that. So I'm, uh, I'm going to try to remember accurately some of the stuff that we were told when we first sure. got there. But um, the place was opened, I believe it was back in like the mid 1920s. And uh, it was a treatment facility for tuberculosis. Since it's such a virulent disease, they had to kind of concentrate where they where they treated people for it. And, um, you know, they didn't really have good treatment for a disease like TB back then. So yeah. it was it was more a place people went to die and not infect others to be honest with you yeah um, to like isolate yeah them. exactly yeah. like the the survival odds were not great and um it was also kind of a research facility where they tried out different treatments and new treatments um there was one that uh our tour guide slash caretaker told us about which was particularly horrific Oof. and they would do it when when like the victim was kind of you know on their last legs like their their last chance basically and uh what they would do is they would actually remove ribs from the side they would cut the ribs out of the body to relieve pressure on the lungs mm -hmm. and try to try to help the person be able to actually breathe and the surgery itself was had a really low survival rate yeah but um people did survive and we saw photos of people like you know, their bodies kind of deformed by Jeez. the removal of these ribs. Damn. But they uh, they tried, you know, all kinds of stuff, um, sun lamps. Uh, they were they were really big on, um, like, lots of sunshine and fresh air to both keep spirits up. And also, you know, there's some healing properties to getting sunshine and fresh air. And so the... Um, the front of the building is actually a giant solarium. So every floor has basically like a giant balcony um, on the front of the building. And patients would just get wheeled out onto this balcony right on their beds to spend, you know, basically the whole day kind of out there in the sunshine. Mm -hmm. um, sometime, I forget when it closed, I think in the 50s is when it finally closed. I'm not, I can't remember the exact date when it closed, but then it reopened as a medical facility. I think it was in the seventies or eighties. I'm not sure. It reopened sometime uh, near modern times. And then it ended up getting closed again and then sort of abandoned. And it's kind of sat there just, uh, you know, decrepit until the Kentucky Historical Society took it over. Yeah. And so when they take it over, do they, uh, is this because it's historical relevance? Is it because of uh, the ghost presence there? Or is that just, they just wanted to preserve it? 
I think um, I think it's because it's a historical landmark. You know, it's pretty it's a pretty famous place. But I also suspect that it's because they they knew they could turn a profit on the place. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the show paid for us to go <laughs> stay the night, get locked up overnight, and we're far from the only people that have done this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was reading Ghost Hunters was there. Many more paranormal uh, paranormal hunters were there. So certainly does have some uh, revenue built in for sure. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. you know, you don't you don't have to be part of a TV show or something to go. I think it's only like a thousand dollars to to spend a night. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, uh, we were talking earlier off mic, but there's been an influx of uh, TikTokers that go there. I'm not <laughs> ironically, even though my life is sort of based around social media, I'm <laughs> I refuse to get on TikTok. <laughs> It's uh, I mean, it's 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 kind of it's an interesting app. I'll say that I have one. It's uh, I don't know. It's 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 a, it's an interesting app where, yeah, I mean, it's basically just edited videos, but it's mm-hmm. content for people with uh, you know, got some lower attention span. <laughs> to be it's honest, it's like the new. It's like the new Vine. Basically. Yeah, yeah, basically without without as much the charm of Vine, which yeah, RIP Vine. God bless it. Yeah, but yeah, apparently a lot of TikTokers were there, spelunking, um, spelunking, exploring it, putting TikToks of uh, the history of it. But that begs the question, and we'll go into this: uh, how you guys prepared. But would you recommend someone to go there by themselves, like uh, these TikTokers were going? You know, I I would, um, I would, and I wouldn't. Hmm. Like, it's it was a really cool experience getting locked up there overnight. It really was. Um, but it does come with some risks. And I, I, I never thought I would say this, you know, because mm. now we're getting into, like, woo-woo territory. <laughs> Interesting. But um, something specifically happened with me um, that made me kind of realize, like, oh, there's there's some risk to going to places like this. And uh, I don't think I wanna I wanna say what happened exactly because it's kind of the finale of the episode. Yeah. But um, the, my only regret is that when it happened, we didn't have cameras rolling. Ah. Uh. We had just gotten out of there, like we were, you know, we were beat. We'd spent like I think eight hours in there from uh, eight a.m. to four a.m. You know, we were tired. We stayed up the whole night, and we we honestly, like, we were off property. We weren't even on property anymore. We were off property, and we thought, ah, it's over. We don't need to record anything. You know, let's just pull over real quick and kind of sage ourselves because <laughs> uh, Matt wanted to sage everyone. Matt's back for this challenge, and uh, and then something happened, and and it, yeah, everyone okay. saw it happen. And we should have really had cameras rolling for it, but it, it made me realize there's a risk to going to, you know, places with this this type it's, of energy, I guess. Yeah, with the reputation. Yeah. So, a good recommendation from the challenge guy: don't go alone. Yeah, don't go alone. Yeah. And going into that, how did you guys prepare for this? What equipment did you use? Um, how did you coordinate? 
this uh, trip? Who did you um, choose as your uh, D, like your party, like in D and D? Matt was kind of the brains behind this one because he's done a bunch of ghost hunting before. Uh, he used to when he lived in Michigan. He used to go around to like all the historical sites. Uh, I think he told me he went to Pennsylvania Penitentiary or someplace over there on the East Coast. It's real, real famous for being haunted too. Um, so he kind of took point on this one as far as equipment, and we had. Um, it's funny because uh, we had a bunch of equipment, and we completely forgot to use most of it. <laughs> so like the EPK um, and all that. Yeah, we had a EMF meter, which is supposed to measure electromagnetic radiation. Um, I'm not a fan of that. And by the time, I guess by the time this episode comes out, the uh, the Proctor Valley challenge that we did should also come out. Hmm. And in that challenge, you know, we had a, a EMF detector as well. And I made it very clear that I was very skeptical of EMF meters because they're stray, you know, electromagnetic radiation all over the place. Yeah, it could be anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we had an EMF detector and um, we had uh, multiple recorders, which ended up being a really good thing because we we picked up an insane, we actually picked up more activity on the recorders than we could fit on the show. Like we, we had, um, each team had a handheld recorder, and then we had recorders recording audio only set up throughout the building. And there was one room in particular that was just insanely active. Um, they had warned us that that room was particularly active. I didn't really believe it because, again, you know, I'm going in here really skeptical. Yeah. And uh, we just picked up an insane amount of activity on those recorders. Yeah, I was watching uh, some of the Instagram videos you had, and that was uh, very uh, unsettling. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty creepy when you're sitting here listening, you know, with headphones to this white noise from a recorder just going for like eight hours at a time, and then all of a sudden there's moaning, you know, all mm -hmm. of a sudden there's like stuff being knocked around when you you can hear that for like an hour before nobody came near that room. And then out of the blue, we just start hearing these noises. It's just pretty unsettling. Yeah. And do you think um, going into the equipment, like recording, leaving stuff open, do you think that's almost like a, like an invitation to some of these uh, entities or ghosts? What are your thoughts on that? You know, that's, that's something that I was, I was kind of debating internally, like, like there's, there's only two possibilities, right? The first part, well, I guess there's three possibilities. The, the first possibility is we hoax the whole thing. You know, I can tell you we didn't, but I can't prove to you we didn't. You weren't yeah. there with me. <laughs> um, I'm thinking of making the, the recorder audio publicly available for the fans so that they can listen for themselves and see that there was not a team member anywhere uh near the the recording locations when all this activity was getting picked up but um so the the two you know possibilities in my mind that exist are uh that the recorders wear an invitation which means that there's intelligence behind this and that they know that they're being recorded if they if you know this is their chance to be heard if you will 
um, or the other possibility is that this stuff just happens and it, it's not related to whether you put a recorder there or not. So then that got me thinking, well, what other stuff just happens all the time that we're not recording, you know, in your own house, maybe is there mm -hmm. noises happening when you're gone? Is there something <laughs> knocking on walls when you're gone? So I, I don't know. I don't know if like the recorder triggered activity or if this was just stuff that happens anyways, whether someone's listening or not. Yeah. I mean, I had a few ghost stories of my own where um, my previous apartment, there was a, you know, uh, my roommate, he uh, said he saw like some dark shadows and things like that. And I kind of chalked it up to like, okay, he was like half asleep, but was uh, walking by one day by a shelf and there was a Funko Pop. And I look at it and, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. I look to my right and I hear a thud. The Funko Pop has launched itself across the room. Um, it's landed like yeah, a couple of feet away from me. It's not like it fell, it was like launched. So it's like whatever was in that house, something wanted me to be drawn to it to that, you know, drawn to attention there. Mm -hmm. So so I think I think I, you know, my gut says that they would be trying to get some sort of like reaction out of you, like some sort of like make some sort of contact almost, I would say. Yeah, that that would make sense, right? Like otherwise, why you know, like, why do something that's just so creepy? Yeah, well, it's like, why tell a joke with no audience? Yeah, exactly. My uh, my best friend actually has had a bunch of activity recently at her really? place, Ooh. including things getting launched like that. Um, yeah. And she's had stuff happen in front of groups of people. Mm -hmm. So she was kind of joking around. She's like, you guys should shoot your next episode here at my <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's not a terrible idea. Place is crazy haunted. Dang. Is it like a, an old building or some sort of? No, not even. It's a kind of a really cute little Mediterranean style apartment. Um, hmm. She's had a few deaths in the family lately. Okay. So she thinks that it might be related to that. But hmm. yeah, she's had some pretty blatant stuff happening in front yeah. of people well hopefully she's okay but yeah let's um talk about some of the other shows like ghost hunters we were talking about other bigfoot bigfoot hunters when we did the bigfoot episode what is um because you see a lot of uh shows like on any uh his, i don't know like history channel or whatever where they're uh you know this this feels like a ghost hunting feels like its own like network almost it feels a little like reality tv with some of the shows where mm -hmm. um it really draws you in for the entertainment but how, how do you feel about that um the diligence of some of these uh programs you know um i think we talked about this too on the during the bigfoot interview but uh i'm super skeptical about any of these shows just because um uh, you know, you and I both have friends that work on the production side of the industry. Yeah. And uh, I know for a fact that some of these shows straight up fabricate things because mm -hmm. I know people that edit, you know, for these shows. Yeah. Um, there's always the pressure of producing uh, a watchable episode, you know. And uh, one of the discussions that I had with uh, uh, our producer 
which I, I know we talked about this during the Bigfoot interview because it was the same thing. You know, it's mm -hmm. like I'm not going to I'm not going to fake anything. You know, if, uh, if we go out there and nothing happens and you're you're going to watch, you know, an hour long episode of <laughs> nothing happening. And if anything, you know, you and I together will have debunked that this place is haunted. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm skeptical about these shows because there's there's pressure to produce content, you know, and and the more outrageous, the more you know, creepy the content, um, the you know, the better, the the more people that want to watch it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly it's a it's a market, and at the end of the day, they do need viewers to um to watch this in order to get renewed. So, yep. Yeah. By but, the way, um, have you seen Alaska Killer Bigfoot yet? No, I haven't seen it yet. I need to uh, put that on my watch list. Is it on like Discovery Plus or something? It is. Don't watch it. Don't support the show. Don't okay. give them any views. Uh, Matt actually was just talking. Uh, was just talking about this Sunday. It was, and he was like, "Because uh, the show's fake." It's, yeah. It's, Clearly, yeah. It's very obviously fake and it kind of that kind of pisses you know me that kind of pissed me and Matt off because this is already a field that's you know prone to such ridicule so uh he was like hey you know what like infographics has a lot of clout like you should just kind of shit on the show and tell people not to watch <laughs> it and i was like you know what you're right like yeah no don't watch that crap like yeah big crap like that just go to, uh, you know, use the account and be like, hey, want to watch a better show? And then quote tweet it. Yeah, and stay away from that show like it was cancer. All right, well, we'll do. I'll just keep to uh, my uh, regimen of watching Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's about it. Uh, going back to the sanitarium, can you tell us, because um, we were talking about the lore of the, uh, the place, I was reading about the body shoot. Like what kind of, what kind of a hospital thought that was a good idea? Because that just, I mean, we were talking about some of their procedures, but that just seemed just gross. Man, that place. It's called the Death Tunnel, officially. Okay. And um, yeah, that place, that was, uh, so when we, when we got there, we first got a tour from the, the caretaker slash tour guy. So we knew where everything was at. And um after that, we split up into teams of two. And uh, on the team this time, it was Matt. Matt's back. Um, it was my friend Annie, who uh, probably would have seen the uh, Proctor Valley Challenge, Proctor Valley Monster Hunt episode. She she joined us for this and uh, that episode. And then uh, we had Miss Oregon, uh, a friend of mine, Tanita Morgan. Uh, she joined the team as well for this and she'll probably be returning for future episodes but um we split up into into groups of two and so tanita and i started at the bottom of the building worked our way up and then matt and annie started at the top and worked their way down and so the first place tanita and i went to was the death tunnel and <laughs> this place man this, <laughs> this place is creepy to say the least it's uh so it, it wasn't designed for moving bodies. Like it, that wasn't its purpose when, when the hospital was operational. 
It was actually a way to bring supplies up to the building from the bottom of the massive hill that it rests mm. on. So it's a thousand foot tunnel that goes down at like a 30 degree angle or so. And um, supplies would just get brought up and that way the, you know, behind the scene operations kind of stayed behind the scenes. Um, what ended up happening though, is that as the, the epidemic raged and the death toll, you know, climbed, um, people were dying. I think our, our tour guide told us it was like one a minute, basically like patients oh. were dying one a minute. And so in order to not affect the morale of the other patients, they started moving the bodies through that tunnel down to the bottom of the hill where family members or hearse would be waiting. And so the dead bodies would basically be out of sight of all the patients. And the way that the, the building's actually uh, laid out, there's an elevator on each floor, it stops on each floor. Mm -hmm. And it conveniently stops right outside of like the procedure room and the surgery room. So if someone died even in surgery, you know, or getting a procedure, they could just wheel them right around the corner, straight into the elevator, down to the uh, to the basement level, and you know, down the uh, now the death tunnel. Jeez, was there any? Uh, I mean, they after they shoot them down the tunnel, is there anything that they would do to, to dispose the body if it was still contagious or anything like that? I don't know. We didn't. Uh, our tour guide didn't really tell us anything about that. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I think so. They also have like a small morgue in there. Mm -hmm. And they have, um, they used to have more, but they have those body cabinets where you, you put the body into, you know? Yeah. So there might've been a, a holding period. I don't know. I'm not sure. Hmm. Well, that's just, damn, that's really uh, morbid as hell. Just the way they would, uh, you know, deal yeah. with these bodies. But yeah, that's small. Yeah. Cause I was just reading about that. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> It's, uh, it's it's supposed to be one of the most haunted locations on the on the facility. And yeah, it seemed like it lived up to that. It definitely did. It was it was one of the places where we experienced the most technical glitches too. Mm. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, without spoiling anything, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. Yeah, so we we were warned that our electronics might malfunction in the building. Um. You know, that's something you hear about every haunted location, though. So, again, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, whatever, you know. I've dealt with camera systems and recording systems for, like, 12 years now. Like, whatever. Um, wasabi batteries. <laughs> yeah, wasabi batteries. Never use those batteries if anyone Ever. has a Canon camera. They're the uh, worst. I don't even know if they're still in business. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but... But yeah, sure enough, like we really inexplicable stuff. Like I, I had multiple times where I was recording um, and something would happen. Something very blatant would happen. We had a we had an entire conversation take place right behind us um, when we were moving as a group. And it was a crystal clear conversation. It was a male voice and it sounded like it was literally right around the corner, maybe 30 feet away. And I was recording the whole thing. And then suddenly the file just 
I, I don't know how to describe it. It just disappears. It, it just, my phone is no longer recording and there is no file saved. Oh, like a cyber ghost. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, like that, that shouldn't, I mean, you know, applications can fail and stuff, but it wasn't even just phones. It was on actual cameras too. Like the files would just cease to record and then not exist anymore. There'd be no data saved whatsoever. Wow. That's very, it's very sus. Very yeah. sus. And it raises more questions, you know, like what exactly is this phenomenon that's, that's causing this? Cause it, you know, I, the cameras and the phones we use that hasn't happened anywhere else. You know, they've never, we've never had that, that phenomenon happen to files we record in literally any other location. That's interesting. I mean, like, uh, you know, we can't think of any explanation for that. Not sure if, uh, well, you, well, no. What do you think? I mean, like, again, there's two possibilities. The one possibility is that it's a one in a million chance that these recording devices happen to all fail simultaneously um, at the exact same time or within, you know, hours of each other which is pretty far-fetched, uh, not impossible, mm -hmm. but pretty, pretty far-fetched. Yeah. It's like when people are, uh, when they talk about Bigfoot, you know, it's like kind of excluding physical evidence that you could see. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other possibility is that something, you know, something was somehow manipulating our, our equipment. Yeah. I mean, the most likely explanation right there it's the most plausible and i i i say that you know still as a person that says that you need evidence to prove stuff yeah yeah well going to uh just being in that hospital what, what was like the vibe like well how was it staying like overnight like not you know not um you know being in this place that you that you don't never been before kind of has this creepy sort of history what was the uh dig walk us through that like um just being in there for for a whole night you know without spoiling anything <laughs> um at first it was really creepy because there's no lights there's only the only light you get is flashlights that you bring um there is uh an emergency exit sign on each stairwell in front of each stairwell so you know you always kind of have that as a reference point and then there's the ambient light coming in because there's no um there's no windows on the entire front side of the building um so at first it was really creepy but then it just felt I don't know. I, and I told everyone, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not scared. Like, I'm not, I'm not feeling anything. Like, I'm really not feeling anything weird or creepy or anything when everybody else was consistently talking about how scared they were and like how creepy this place was. And uh, I, I think we figured out the reason why I was the one that was mm. not scared. And it's related to what happened immediately after we left. Um, which which made me rethink the seriousness <laughs> of going to places like this. Yeah. But, uh, 
you're gonna have to tell me that off mic but <laughs> yeah yeah I'll, I'll tell you man i'm i'm i really wish we were rolling cameras when it happened because Damn. even i want the proof of it even though i saw it happen you know yeah but um yeah no everybody else was basically pretty creeped out the whole time and they're they're i think what was the weirdest part about it is that um the whole front side of the building is wide open there's no windows or anything so the wind blows and comes in you know um it's only the back half of the building where they've they've actually installed windows um sounds very drafty yeah very drafty and we went in november so you know it's a bit chilly what's strange though what was really strange is as we were walking through the building there would be specific spots that were freezing cold like absolutely just freezing cold like unusually cold like you're like you feel yes. this chill to the point more. of shivering mm. um you can see in one of the videos we shot you can see tanita actually began to shiver um it was in one of the body cabinets um when her and i were were alone together we went to the to the morgue immediately after the death tunnel and um when we had first checked out the building and saw the body body cabinets i was like well i'm gonna end up crawling inside one of those and she's like yeah me too and i was like wow all right you go girl <laughs> but um yeah she she climbed inside when you can you can see it on the video she climbs inside of um the the bottom one and she's totally fine and then the moment she gets inside like she just starts shivering like her teeth are almost chattering as she's talking to me um, that's creepy but this happened all throughout the building there and the whole front of the building is wide open to the elements so it makes no sense that there'd be spots that were freezing cold and then you could literally take two steps and just be normal you know yeah that's uh man that's that's really creepy i mean literally unex unexplainable but i was gonna say uh you know most likely you're you're prepared for this trip how do you, you talked about sage how do you uh kind of protect yourself from uh any unwanted sort of uh presence what do you guys have any preparation for that I don't know, man. I, like I said, I, I went there as skeptic, so I didn't, I didn't have anything, you know, I, uh, the whole staging thing was just something Matt wanted to do because Matt, you know, uh, believes a lot more in this stuff and he's had his own experiences and I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad he did the staging thing after yeah. what happened when we left. I really am glad because it, it happened as he was staging me. And that's when everybody saw this thing happen. So it kind of proved, that's what proved to me, like you, you should probably take some precautions. Yeah. And it smells nice too. <laughs> yeah. And it smells nice. There you go. Yeah. But no, that's a, that's a good teaser for that, that episode. Um, okay. I was going to see. Annie had, um, mm -hmm. I think Annie had like some stones her mother had given her that uh, they're supposed to ward off spirits. And they might have worked, actually, because Matt and Annie got very little activity, while mm. Tanita and I got just insane amounts of activity. Yeah, they really uh, targeted you guys. It seems like. <laughs> they really did. Matt was even a little disappointed towards the end of the night. Like, he told me, he was like, man, I feel like 
something about Annie and I is just shutting down activity because we're barely getting anything. Hmm. Interesting. He had, a, he had a theory that the activity was kind of centered around uh, around me. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a stupid theory. So we decided to test it. So we left the girls alone in one of the most haunted rooms in the whole location. And then him and I just walked down the, I think it was the fourth floor, which is also supposed to be pretty haunted. And uh, Matt was like, okay, well, if the activity is tied to you, if it's following you for some reason, then we should see stuff and the girls should be fine. Yeah. And sure as shit, man. Like, <laughs> we went down 50 feet down that hallway and immediately things started happening. Ooh, like, like what? Um, something ran through Matt. And uh, we have it on video. Okay. Sadly, because it's so dark, because again, this place is pitch black, you know, and we, uh, we weren't using night vision cameras, keep watching this episodes, push the view counts up and the show will finally invest in, you know, proper equipment, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, uh-huh. you can see it on the video as we're recording. Um, we're walking down the hallway side by side. And suddenly you hear me and you see the camera shake from the surprise of it but you hear me basically go like holy shit and what i saw with my eyes which the camera couldn't see because you know eyes have a greater um, dynamic range than the camera does yeah but what i saw with my eyes was this black figure crawl out of the room directly in front of us and then just super fast crawl down the hallway straight at matt like crawl like like say like the ring or samara or someone you know i say crawl but i the way i described it to matt was it was like a a big black dog Mm. but it but it wasn't really a dog you know it didn't even look like a dog it was literally just a a shadowy mass that came out of the room and then just it was low to the ground it just shot straight at matt and you can see in the in the footage, you hear me yell out, holy shit. And you see the camera shake because it scares the shit out of me. Shit. And then I whip around at Matt and Matt immediately goes, whoa, I just got super cold. That's fucking That's crazy. exactly the moment that it goes through him is when huh. marks I'm getting so cold. Yeah, that, that is... happened like within a minute of us leaving the girls behind. Jesus. That yeah, that makes me uh very creeped out by this video, but I'm sure to check it out. But it's like uh man, that's um that's unsettling. Um yeah. I don't know how you like that would that would just creep me out. I'm like I kind of get a little squeamish on ghosts or just the mention of it. So yeah, and how do you how do you like recover from that? Do you just like go off into the other room or just keep exploring or you know, I um, I kind of said to myself, like, there's never been any proof that a ghost has ever killed anyone. Yeah. So I kind of I kind of just kept that in my head, like, okay, this just happened, but also no one died. So, okay, let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe it's my past experiences also, but you just kind of get to this mindset where you harden yourself. You kind of steal your mind. You're like, okay, keep going. You know yeah that's creepy 
Um, I was going to say we were joking earlier about the uh, movie Winchester or the nun. Can you shoot a ghost? Would you recommend that? Because uh, there's there's some, I don't know if it's like a genre, but there's a the last couple of movies I've seen with like paranormal ghosts and all that. They've like shot at it and they <laughs> killed it. And it's like, what, what do, you, do you think that would be helpful? <laughs> you know, it's funny because uh, my friend um, who volunteers at the same the same homeless kitchen I volunteer at. Um, when we were talking about my trip, because we're we're gonna go back. Um, we're not going back for the show. We're we're going back just for ourselves, for you know, to have an adventure, I guess, because we're idiots. <laughs> um, but uh, I was talking to to my friend about it, and he's like, "Man, if I went, I'd make sure I was strapped." And I was like, "What are you gonna <laughs> do with a gun? You gonna shoot a ghost? Like, what's that gonna do?" And he's like, "I don't know, but it'll make me feel better." <laughs> So I think it's about making yourself feel better. I, uh, I don't think you're going <laughs> to, yeah. I don't think a gun's going to hurt a ghost. Yeah. Unless you have like holy bullets or something. It's like ghosts. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Going, going off of that. Have you seen uh, any, any films? Cause we've talked about, uh, we talked about, um, uh, we've talked about like just the movie depictions of some of these paranormal ghosts that was just a, uh, is there anyone that's like that's the stupidest thing ever? Um, anything from the asylum? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna plead the fifth there, kind of. Yeah, because I know comment. you were. I know you were involved in some of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, I work there, so can't really go against my alma mater. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> yeah, literally anything from the asylum. Um, I'm trying to think if I've seen anything recently. I don't know. I don't think I've seen any any scary movies recently. Oh, okay. Um, kind of wrapping up here, I was interested in uh, hearing more about the tour guide, Vince. What can you say about him? Oh, he was a pretty cool guy. Um, showed us around the, the building and he had this motto of, you know, if there's no documentation, then it didn't happen, which I, I kind of really appreciated because, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with ghosts and stuff, it's easy to to it's easy to get carried away and so he he seemed very grounded in reality he yeah just kept telling us like you know this is what allegedly happened here but what do we always say if there's mm-hmm. no documentation then it didn't happen um i really appreciated that you know i was worried we were going to get someone that was like all woo woo yeah know, trying to pull your leg or just easily believe everything yeah you know? So I, I was glad that he was yeah. skeptic. Did he have any like stories or anything or like Yeah, he definitely did. He actually showed us um uh a photo that they took I think it was the night before we showed up or a few nights mm. before we showed up. Interesting. And there was um if I remember right, it was a group of uh of staff members there. And um they were doing their own investigation and they they captured in a photo this uh like eight-year-old boy and when you look at the photo when he showed us the photo it's clear as day like there's a you know it's not this fuzzy or or like vaporous image you know it's it's a solid boy um and he said well there was no eight-year-old child that came with the group so we have no idea who this is, but it's such a solid image that you're like, this is a real human being. But what's mm. even creepier 
is over the boy's shoulder, there's another child who's like, this one is kind of wispy. This one looks pretty ghostly. Yeah. So he was telling us, he's like, yeah, this, like, you know, maybe this eight-year-old kid, like, uh, uh, snuck into the building, you know, and we happen to capture him on one of the photos. But we have no idea who this kid is. And then there's what is obviously, like, a ghostly-looking kid behind him over his shoulder. That's very unsettling. Yeah, it was pretty weird. And I, you know. Unexplainable. I would have ridden it off if we hadn't had our own experiences. Yeah. <laughs> well, the last question for you, uh, you know, you went in a skeptic, um, you know, for good reasons. I mean, couldn't, you know, explain anything. And then you come out firm believer. What can you say about your mind changing or just people that are skeptical about uh, basically like a like a paranormal a ghost where there's life after after death what can we can you say about that just wrapping up here you know i i've said it so many times before belief is an emotional choice it has nothing to do with evidence um, you can have the best evidence in the world and if you're not emotionally open to whatever the evidence concludes then you're just not going to believe it you're always going to be a skeptic and uh first-hand experience is, is the best cure for that it's the the thing i appreciate about the show you know all the insane challenges they sent me on um it's really opened you know my worldview up um you know sent me to go look for bigfoot and we <laughs> had something banging sticks together outside our camp we had footprints in our campsite uh we spotted it on night vision once like that's firsthand experience stuff. They sent us to Proctor Valley outside San Diego to hunt the Proctor Valley monster. And we recorded something with eyeshine standing eight feet off the ground. Um, they sent us to, to Waverly Hills, you know, and we had something moan at us from directly behind us. We, we had, you know, stuff being moved. We had balls being kicked back at us, like stuff that just you can't fake that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, you really can't. I mean, but I, I can tell you about it. It doesn't matter. You have to experience it for yourself. And, and all these experiences I've, I've had doing these challenges and stuff, like it's, it's really started to kind of make me think there's, there's more, you know, there's, there's more to this world hmm. than uh, I've believed my whole life. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, there's a lot out there. There's a lot that's unexplored. Uh, like we were talking about Bigfoot, just the wilderness, and of uh, it's just untamed and unexplored. And you know, yeah. this whole world, there's literally things that we can't explain. So I think that's a yeah, that's a really good point to end on. And I guess just be open to uh, to whatever experiences you have. Yeah, you know, don't 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 be a redditor. I call it being a redditor. You know, don't don't be so so full of yourself. Don't be so sure of yourself when you you haven't even done the preliminary research. You know, mm -hmm. you, all you have is an opinion, and you're an armchair. That your opinion's right. Yeah, armchair detective. Yeah, like like go out there. You know, experience some of this stuff, and if you can come up with a, a naturalistic explanation, then great. You just solved the mystery. Mm -hmm. but don't just sit there and like poo poo comment. everyone. Yeah, be like oh, Down it's vote. fake because of this, and I can explain it like this. 
motherfucker, come with me to Waverly. And when something <laughs> moans directly behind you and there's nobody else in the building, you go ahead and explain that one to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, well, I mean, uh, yeah, you gotta, gotta see things with your own eyes, but guess we're we're pretty much wrapped i was gonna say where can uh people follow the infographic show is there any uh kind of uh calendar to when this video would be dropping and when can we see it because yeah I'm, I'm pretty hyped about it um so obviously you can watch the show on youtube um the infographic show um we've got a facebook too where we post videos uh I hear we have a TikTok. I, I edit a bunch of content for TikTok. So I'm assuming we have a TikTok, but like I said, I'm not on there. So <laughs> um, we also have an Instagram where we post like short clips and little factoids and stuff. Mm -hmm. But the video should be dropping probably in February. We're, uh, it's early January now. We're, we're about to release the Proctor Valley Monster Hunt video. Um, probably in the next week or so. But I'm guessing February is when it's when it's going to be dropping. Okay. Okay. We'll keep an eye on that. And uh, yeah, I mean, if this uh, conversation really has me looking forward to that video, and I, I love the uh, Bigfoot video. That was a uh, that was a that was a, that was fun to watch, and especially as a Bigfoot fan. So I'm, I'm always like, you know, I mean little bias that you know i know you and seen some of the content on the channel but it's all it's always nice to watch uh, some of your videos my friend it's always I appreciate uh, they, that yeah they always feel well researched and articulated and yeah it's cool just knowing the challenge guy and yeah well we are going back um in springtime to uh probably that same location so there will be a follow-up to the bigfoot challenge oh okay yeah we'll have to have you on for that again too It'll, uh, it'll be a much better trip, better oh, equipment. Yeah. More prepared. Got to gotta bring some jerky for this clutch. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, Challenge Guy. Um, hope to have you on soon. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We've been professionally unprofessional.